Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson takes it himself. Looking dark back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. And uh, we are back here. Uh, only, I guess, Dylan, we're talking on Wednesday. Uh, we're only uh, a day away from the draft, but uh, when most people are listening to this, uh, it will be draft day uh, with the start of the NFL draft set to take place in Roger Goodell's basement. And uh, that is uh, quite a scene probably uh, for this year's NFL draft. But as we know, things are going to be a little different. And uh, on this episode, uh, we are going to look back quickly at the mock draft we did. And if you're just catching on the podcast for the first time, uh, we did a four-part mock draft and uh, four different episodes, eight picks each. And uh, we went one through 32 in the first round and made our picks. And uh, Dylan, that's where we'll start here is uh, on some of the picks we said in the previous episode. Um, you know, it, it was very interesting to see where some of the players fell in our mock draft and some that probably went a lot lower than maybe we expected them to. I think one that comes to mind for me is uh, Kenneth Murray, uh, the linebacker from Oklahoma, falling all the way to number 28 for the Ravens. Um, I said that I'd be running to the board to pick him up. And there are a lot of other guys like that, maybe in the draft, C.J. Henderson, another one probably that comes to mind. Uh, We had him going Mm -hmm. over 16 to the Falcons. But uh, since all of this started with our mock draft, uh, there have been lots of rumors. And so I think that's probably going to change our outlook on how we view some of these picks in our mock drafts. So as you're looking at our mock draft, and I already I mentioned a couple, um, what maybe stands out to you the most in terms of uh, how our mock draft played out and maybe how the actual NFL draft is going to play out and what the big differences could be? I think, I mean, we nailed some things. I think like yeah. we, we saw today kind of the rumor about the Cardinals likely trading back. We had that happen uh-huh. here with the, the Bucks trading up to get an offensive tackle. I still think that 
could happen. The one that I, I know we've already kind of previously touched on, I don't know if the Niners are going to trade up. If anything, I feel like they're more likely to trade down at this point unless one of those top three receivers is still there at 13, then they might just hold on tight and just be happy to get that pick. Um, the stuff that is more concerning for, for what I thought was at least going to for sure happen was either, I mean, I, maybe the Chargers will trade up to get Tua now, but uh, what was the last uh, Ian Rappaport article we did, uh, wrote on was him saying the Dolphins are considering trading up to take an offensive tackle, which would completely yeah. throw off our whole uh, scenario here. We also have seen that the Panthers might trade back. So I think there, there might be more trades even than we anticipated maybe just in some different spots and maybe for uh, some different actual targets at the end of the day. I think the one thing we know for sure that we've, you know, we made a pick for the Giants, but I think that might be the one I'm the most confident about is we know nothing at all about what Dave Gettleman is actually going to do with the number four overall pick. Yeah, and there are, like, I think I read, what was it, of course, again, let's think of how many thousands of probably tidbits we've read on this in the lead up to the mm-hmm. draft on Twitter and on different sites and um, you know, just all the rumors. And I think one that I saw yesterday was how, I don't know who it was, but something about Isaiah Simmons being considered, you know, the most overrated player in the first round oh, and, and all of this. And so, um, you know, that makes it more interesting. And I do think we kind of said that we thought that the draft would start at number three. And, and I still think that's the case. Like, it's probably just a matter of, okay, did the Lions trade down? Um, do the Giants trade down? Because here's the thing. If the Giants are going to take an offensive tackle, you're probably going to assume, like you said, let's say the Chargers were to trade up. Um, you know, would that be with the Giants? Would that be with the Lions? Um, because if you're the Giants and you're going to take an offensive tackle, I mean, you could probably get him beyond, you know, well, I don't know, though. Now we're saying the Dolphins. Like, I, it's it's so fascinating. <sighs> you know, it's, it's trying to figure out these different scenarios because I was going to say, if you're the Giants, you could probably still trade down and get – um, you know, well, I guess it depends on your offensive tackle choice, right? I mean, what yeah. if, you know, I guess it's if they have someone in mind that maybe uh, the Dolphins don't have in mind or vice versa, uh, that can make it more easy to do. But then again, I guess if they have the same player, that makes it more difficult. Yeah, that's the thing, right? We kind of touched on the fact that there's not as much group think because there's not as much interaction between all these different scouts and GMs and uh, different uh, personnel at all these different events leading up to the draft. So you don't have these kind of consensus building up the same way. So, yeah, it really depends on if they have like one offensive tackle that's in mind. If they're not so much worried uh, outside of that top four, you know, if they're they're like, all right, we want to get Wills, Andrew Thomas, Werfs, or Becton. If they've kind of have that consensus then it doesn't really make sense for the Dolphins to trade up for an offensive tackle either I I mean that was I was like when I read that I was like what are they like I mean unless two tackles go in front of them then I mean if that's the case then you can just sit there fine they don't have to trade up for two if they still wanted them or even Herbert I know there's been some rumors about the Dolphins being more in on him I know Tua apparently passes physical and got all cleared by the Dolphins so I don't know, man. I feel like there's a lot of smoke screens, even more so than normal, because there's not as much direct contact between teams. But yeah, that's the only reason I could see a team like the Giants standing pat with the offensive lineman, uh, offensive tackle, if they really have one guy in mind. And same thing for the Dolphins trading up. Otherwise, they're in a spot where it really wouldn't make sense for them to trade up. But maybe that is, I mean, we had, let's see, one, two, we had just a couple offensive, or it was, a, yeah, only one offensive tackle in our top 10. I think that is one thing that I would, 
yeah. at it back. I think they're probably going to get at least two, maybe even three offensive tackles in those first 10 picks, whether it be the teams that have those picks or teams that trade up to get them. Yeah, I think the Falcons, we mentioned them earlier, it, it sounds like, and, and that's one rumor that really hasn't gone back and forth. Um, you know, that's been probably the most consistent rumors that the Falcons are going to make a big jump up. Um, and it's probably just a matter of how far do they make that jump up. And that's where I think it makes it even more interesting if you're the Dolphins and the Giants at four and five. Um, you know, let's say the Falcons and the, and the Lions have something in the works and the Falcons were to want to trade up. But are they actually going to take an offensive tackle? That's the thing, too, is it just like it makes it so, so entertaining. And um, I think it's going to be and, it, and there's probably teams we're not even talking about. Uh, like we said, you know, the Cowboys, I know they don't have a lot to give up, but Jerry, Jerry may get antsy. And uh, he may decide he wants to move up uh, and get somewhere up there in the top 10. You never know. Uh, so th- there's lots to consider here. And I guess we can go ahead and, and kind of transition into uh, making our, our predictions. And these may be bold predictions. These may be crazy predictions. Probably a little bit of both. Um, yeah, all right. Let's, let's actually take our mock draft and use this as an example. The player in our first round of a mock draft that you think it could potentially go, I don't want to just say lower. I'm going to say could go significantly lower, and, and you can have mm-hmm. your own definition of what significantly could mean. Um, if you go up and down our draft board, and if there's one player we have wherever that you think could go significantly, and, and again, that's that's subjective. Like, depending on, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not saying two or three spots, maybe five or more could be considered significant. Um, you know, in this kind of draft, because we don't really know. We, we've talked about the wide ranges for all these guys. But uh, if you had to pick one player in this spot that you think could go significantly lower uh, in the first round, who would it be? Well, yeah, if we're, if we're saying in that five range, it's tough for me because I'm looking at our draft and there's it's uh, maybe it's just because with a lot of these guys, you're optimistic and you're looking forward to seeing their NFL careers. I look at other guys and I'm like, wow, they could probably go a lot higher. Yeah, um, that'll probably be one we'll get to shortly. Yeah. So I'll leave I'll leave that off for a second here. But in terms of who might drop, um, I mean, there are, there was one uh, mock draft uh, today that uh, even Schefter, he retweeted Anthony Bex. He didn't even have Kenneth Murray in the first round, which I thought was kind of mm. crazy. Yeah. Um, and so if we want to get really intense, I, if it's if it's five picks, if that's the if that's the <laughs> max here we're saying, I could see Tua possibly yeah. going, if, you know, if the Chargers and Dolphins both pass on him. I, I don't think he's going to fall way too far because I think if those two teams don't take Tua, you're going to see some team that we're not expecting even – there was a quote from the Falcons GM about how he's never not looking at quarterbacks. Like maybe they would trade up and t- to, to eight or nine and take Tua, but he's one that I wouldn't be completely surprised uh, if he if he dropped further from our number three spot in our mock draft. I don't think he should necessarily, yeah. uh, not by any means. And another one might be one of the receivers. I, it's sounding like some of these guys are might be going more in that fifteen to twenty range range again because of even guys that we didn't touch on in our first round that are yep. really and, and a lot of drafts will be first round talents of receiver that overall depth is still going to push back some of the values so i mean we might see henry ruggs who went 10th in our draft going more in that like 17 to 20 range possibly yep. i wouldn't be surprised that, that that was actually the two that i was going to mention was was two is probably the one just because we've heard all the rumors about him falling down but i that's not going to be one of my bold predictions i, I don't think he's falling that far i think he's not going past number six no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mentioned with rugs, we had our split on, you know, you could probably switch all these receivers and, 
in whatever order they could go in. Now, we made the trade there for the 49ers to move up, and that's one we've already talked about in the previous episode. We'd probably redo that uh, and maybe, you know, maybe put the Broncos or the Falcons, somebody like that, uh, moving up considerably instead of the 49ers. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah, I think Ruggs could go further down. He could go, you know, third and then that conversation. And in any order, I wouldn't be surprised in with those three receivers um, for sure. And you know, yeah. some of the speculation about, um, I think there was a rumor that the Eagles, uh, people putting out all the stuff about Jerry Judy's injury and all that. Um, teams mm-hmm. that were just trying to get him to fall down. There's no way. <laughs> there is no chance Jerry Judy is falling to number 21. Uh, so if the Eagles want to get him, they're going to have to move up uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think to draft him. The one I'll say uh, to add to that would be the one I I took a gamble on at 26, DeAndre Swift, uh, running back uh, from Georgia. I I would put him in that conversation because, as I said, that was more of me looking at it from the Dolphins' standpoint of having three first-round picks and knowing that you could probably still get a good running back at 39 um, that they're going to have with their their second-round pick. Um, so I wouldn't even be surprised if DeAndre Swift was still sitting there at 39. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll go before that because most people do seem to think he's the best of that class. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, what's if you're the Dolphins, what's the significant difference between him and, and Jonathan Taylor and, and these other guys? Uh, so I could see DeAndre Swift just falling into the second round, and maybe we don't have any running backs, you know, that go in this mm-hmm. this top tier in the first round. Yeah, there's yeah, there's quite a few mocks out there that don't have any running backs going. I. I feel like it's still, as much as we talk about the, the value of running backs not being uh, what it necessarily used to be considered, I still, it feels like every year there's some guy that goes in the 20, yeah. late, maybe like one of the last couple picks of the first round. So, yeah, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's definitely one. Uh, I'm trying to think of any more. Maybe Justin Jefferson, another example of kind of what I was talking about, the receivers. Yeah. He might, you know, at 21, if, if Ruggs is, or uh, Judy is still available in that spot, that's just mm-hmm. going to further suppress the value of some of these uh, receiver uh, option. So, but yeah, no, DeAndre Swift. I, you know, yeah, I mean, even if it does, I guess he still could technically fall five spots by our our moniker here, and then he'd still be in the first round. But uh, I don't think he's going to fall too far back uh, if he if he does go into the second round. Yeah, I don't think so either. And uh, we'll see. You know, could he fall to the Chiefs at thirty two? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But um, all right. Now on the flip side, I think we got a lot of choices here, and we, we've already mentioned some of them, but. Uh, the player from our mock draft that went a lot lower that you think will go significantly higher uh, than where we had him? Um, this one, I uh, possibly Yeter Gross Matos, but the, the, the Titans taking him at 29th. I, there's some mocks that I've been seeing him going in the top 15, so that would be a yep. considerable jump. Um, going forward, look, looking through more of them, I, I think we kind of nailed some of these guys in the mid-20 range, like A.J. Epineza for the mm-hmm. Patriots. I think Patrick Queen Saints. Those are kind of ones I'd, I think will stick. But maybe two more uh, that could move up into the top 10 for me would be Andrew Thomas and C.J. Henderson. We had them at 15 and 16. I think, like you're saying, the, the Falcons, uh, we had the Falcons sitting there at 16 and getting Henderson. It's sounding like they're going to have to move up if they want to get a, uh, to be able to draft him earlier so that's one and then Andrew Thomas depending on who you which teams trade up and what teams are really valuing he could be a top five pick he could still be the first left tackle uh, first tackle uh, offensive lineman in general drafted so those are two guys I could see jumping up everyone else is kind of in a range where I I don't see how they could jump up too much I mean if a team really loved Herbert they could trade up to like four but that's only two spots above (laughs) where we have him falling to the Chargers at six so 
from there, yeah, it's probably those guys. Um, I, I wouldn't put the receivers in that range because I just I don't know if I don't know if any of them are going to go in the top ten. If they are, it's going to probably be right where we had them in that ten to twelve range. Well, if we assume that the Giants could potentially, you know, draft a an offensive tackle, and let's say they mm-hmm. even traded up to do it, um, or if the Dolphins, let's say the Dolphins, you know, made that jump up to three, then I think you could probably throw Jedrick Wills in there because we had him going at eight to the Bucks in that trade yeah. with the Cardinals. Um, so that'd be five spots. And then I think you put Tristan Wirfs in that same category just because we don't know which of yeah. these offensive tackles are being valued. And we had him going all the way at 14. So we basically made the swap there with the Bucks and the Cardinals, basically switching, you know, picks for the same, you know, offensive lineman, you know, same type of player. Um, so, you know, you could put him and say, is it, it's possible he could go third or fourth uh, mm-hmm. overall because we don't, Absolutely. we don't, you know, we don't know what order these offensive tackles <laughs> are going to go in and that makes it a lot more uh intriguing but yeah beyond that I, the one another one i thought about was caleb on chase on we had him going 20 mm-hmm. to the jags but you know i don't know i think a lot of that depends on what the trades look like ahead of him and i think he's he's someone that could go you know a bit higher um mm-hmm. you know i don't know exactly who that would be to but uh i do think there's a potential that he could go a little bit higher uh, as well but uh yeah lots of options there uh, when you look at our mock draft and try to project uh who is going um, to to make their way up the ladder there yeah there's the only other on top of the guys we currently have here that might jump up in terms of receivers that could possibly jump into the first round uh, i think during one of the episodes you talked about possibly taking denzel mims he's one guy yeah. that could certainly from baylor jump up also uh lavisca Shatnall, i think i yeah. might have said that right from colorado, colorado. that guy i mean I, again, I've, as I've said a couple times, I watch probably more Pac-12 football than someone should, considering <laughs> the uh, quality of the of the competition currently. But no, he was fantastic at Colorado, and I think I, I mean any team's going to be happy to have him. Just a great route runner, and then maybe uh, Jalen Rager from TCU. So there's there's three yeah. guys that we didn't take in the first round. We we did take Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, but there yeah I mean there's a lot of guys uh, that even if they don't go in that first round, I mean some of these guys could fall back like Justin Jefferson even. Um, it really, it's kind of like the tackles you're talking about. There's all these guys that are top end talents, um, that are on that group. And then for the receivers outside of the top three of rugs, Judy lamb, I don't really know what the fourth one is going to be. And it, it could be one that we're not expecting. That's going to hop into the first round instead of the guys we picked. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's tough to bet on where, you know, some of these guys are going to wind up. But uh, speaking of betting, uh, natural segue there, right? Uh, bet online, as we always talk about uh, our uh, our friends at Bet Online. Uh, there's currently no NBA, NHL, MLB going on. Uh, you may think there's nothing to bet on, but you would be wrong because our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. They've got their online casino with poker, blackjack, and they are bringing Vegas to you. Uh, if you're missing the NFL like we are, no problem at all because Bet Online has uh, the live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on, and uh, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Uh, the good thing about Bet Online, it's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. All you got to do is use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, uh, BLUEWIRE, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. That is Bet Online, your online wagering solution. Um, all right, now for some more uh, bowl predictions here for what we think. Uh, all right, then I'll let you start and uh, putting you on the spot here. Um, let's see. Let's start with, <laughs> I think, as we said, we've talked about the offensive tackles, and, and that's one that's very hard to pick. But 
just for fun, uh, because we will revisit this, um, which offensive tackle goes first in the draft? Oh, man, that is really <laughs> tough. Because what I, I mean, it's tough to say, like, what you personally think and what you think will actually happen, right? Like, yep. uh, like I, the one I'm probably more intrigued by, maybe this won't pan, pan out, will be it was Andrew Thomas. I've talked yep. about this. I love just watching his highlights because it's like watching – like a, a skill position player in terms of how exciting they are. <laughs> but I, I, I think one, I, it's the third, it's funny, it's the third guy that went. I feel like the safest one might be Tristan Wirfs. And I think it's because yeah. I feel like the Giants just have a feeling that might be the guy they're going to take in that spot. So I'll, I'll say Wirfs. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Will, we had Wills as the first tackle, mm-hmm. uh, Jedrick Wills going to the Bucks when they traded up to the eighth pick in our draft. But I, I don't think, out, out of these four, I don't think it'll be Becton. Uh, at this point, from the last rumors that I kind of read, it feels like teams are like he's like a solid pick, but they don't believe that yeah. he's going to have like that. He's, like, he struggles a little bit more in pass protection, which obviously not exactly <laughs> the most encouraging thing for a lot of these teams that are drafting left tackles where they're trying to uh, help the blind side of their uh, star, uh, you know, young second, third year QB. So uh, I think Warps might be the safest one to put at this point. All right. I would probably I almost lean towards Andrew Thomas too because I think he's the one everybody said you know is just kind of not being talked about enough but I'm actually going to go with Jedrick Wills I'll stick with that yeah uh, and say he's the first one even if it's the Giants I know he played you know mostly right tackle but probably have to move to left tackle in that scenario but I mean, it seems like there's not a lot of concern of his ability to do that and you know Judge Judge is a former Patriots guy with with Belichick and we know this connection with Saban and, and all that kind of stuff so I wouldn't be surprised you now to see them go for for an Alabama guy uh, like Wills. Um, all right, let's see. Let's go with another one here, and I think this is an interesting one. Um, all right, let's say that uh, Tua and Justin Herbert uh, do not. Well, all right. Let's let's assume this. How about this? Let's assume that the Chargers take one of these two. Yes. All right. Who is the team that gets the other? Because I think that is a very fascinating question. Because right now we're leaning towards it not being the Dolphins. Um, so mm-hmm. if it's if it's the Chargers that takes one of them, well, who in the world gets the other one? I think it, it depends on who the player is. It's going to matter there. I, I feel like as much as the Chargers have been connected to Herbert, that if Tua's sitting there number six, they're just going to do that. Yeah. Um, so, whereas if Tua drops, I could see. I, I know we we teased the and the, the Peter King mock where he had the Patriots jumping yeah. up to thirteen to take Tua. Um, there's, I mean, like I was kind of hinting also the Falcons, like if they could, yeah. if they could possibly trade up and get Tua's. Uh, you know, I I think Tua is the one that where there's more teams that might be like, look, like you know, we're you know we know the injury history, we know it's not it's not just leg too there's other th- issues and uh, different things that have been con- uh, they have concerns about but i think it's a team's going to be more likely to trade up to to get him with the potential that he has than herbert where i, I just don't know man from there because i mean <laughs> i don't think the panthers can like again we, we've talked about this kind of before the draft on this list and Man, it's, it, it gets rough to see who might do it. I think, I mean, the Falcons definitely wouldn't be a, a shocker. Uh, the Raiders could, I guess, uh, if the Raiders were sitting there with their ninth, maybe they'll take someone else with the 12th pick, but maybe the 19th pick, they trade up yeah. or something. I could see them taking one of these guys. But, I, again, it, it's tougher for me to imagine it with Herbert 
than it is necessarily for me with Tua, where I, I just see more teams being willing to do that. Yeah, that's what I was going to I was going to say the Raiders, uh, if I had to pick one of the other teams, um, because you go down the line, people think I'm crazy for, and you mentioned too, the Falcons, like I, there is just some sense in me that the Falcons, I don't think they're going to trade up for one of those two guys, but I don't know. There's just a, there's a weird sense that the Falcons could do something crazy here. And because they could do something crazy, um, and there are the rumors that they could trade up so high and, and, you know, it seems to be that they're going to trade up that high for a cornerback. Quite frankly, I don't know why they would trade up to number three through five to get one of these cornerbacks when they could probably wait quite a bit uh, and still have C.J. Henderson on the board or someone like that. Uh, could be wrong, but uh, that just seems to be the way the board would fall. Um, so I would, I guess I'd pick the Raiders in that spot. I, I mean, it's the Raiders, right? Um, we know mm-hmm. they've, got, they've got Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota now, but you're telling me John Gruden's going to pass up on two or something if he was there. Even Justin Herbert, I, I, I don't think he would. Yeah. I feel like the Jets, like if outside, I think the Raiders are probably the safest bet because so many of these teams, it's like we know their quarterback situations aren't perfect, yeah. but like would they consider it? And I know the one Jags I, would I take Tua touched- if he was there at number nine. Like yeah. we said, that would be a no brainer, and like they should, but would they? I don't know. So yeah, him, and then I know one that you brought up. I think during our first eight picks was the Lions. Like what I know, yeah. Stafford is still really productive, and I, I still think they should stick with Stafford, but. If you know, if they what if they traded back a few spots and still felt from the from three and they felt like they're still going to be able to get a coup if they wanted him, but then suddenly two was there at seven or eight or whatever it <laughs> yeah. is, I, I don't know. It, <laughs> they, they could be another team that would consider it kind of in the I don't know. The, I mean, the Jack, yeah, I think the Raiders and Jags are the safest, but my two like dark horses maybe are the Lions and the uh, the Broncos, Patriots, a, a deeper dark horse, but nonetheless, I, I I don't know, man. The Patriots might be one too to to think more about. Basically, we're just gonna say every team in the first round could consider moving up for two. It doesn't have a it yes. doesn't have a solidified um, starting. Yeah, the, the Saints. The Saints are gonna move up for uh, for two. No, uh, that's not gonna happen. But uh, yes, uh, it's very intriguing. Yeah, with the uh, with the quarterbacks uh, for sure. Uh, all right, so let's stay with the quarterbacks here. Jordan Love. Does he go mm. in the first round? Because uh, he did not go in the first round in our mock draft. Yeah, that was one that uh, uh, after I kind of talked over the players, I thought they might go much higher than we had. Uh, he was one that I forgot to mention. I, I think even though in our mock draft, we kind of, again, were picking more on what we thought each team should do, not necessarily what they will do. I think someone is going to take a chance at Jordan Love. Probably, I wouldn't be shocked if it's the Raiders at 19, if it's not them someone in the in the 20s either trading from a, a second round pick up into that spot uh, but I, I do think at the end of the day someone's going to pick him in the first round i don't get a sense that it would be the patriots even if they were at 23 and he was there uh, yeah no i don't think them yeah i think if you're the patriots and you want to make a move i think you you have to move up to get one of the other two um but again we don't we don't sense that's going to happen but uh yeah I, I that's a tough one i do think he goes in the first round we talked about it i just I don't know where that's going to be. I think it's much harder to, to figure out because, like we said, not knowing what the trades are going to be uh, ahead of him. But uh, it, it should be interesting to see uh, where they go there. Um, all right. Some of the others here uh, with uh, what we could uh, decide and make some predictions on when it comes to uh, this first round of the draft specifically because we will focus on the first round because that's we know that's uh, that's going to be uh, you know kind of the one that everyone's talking about. Um, all right, with the three receivers, let's let's go that route. Um, Henry mm. Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Ceedee Lamb. Um, which guy has uh, the better 
NFL future, no matter where they wind oh. up. Uh, let's just, uh, I mean, even if you want to, even if you want to compare it and say, okay, pick three teams and say, here's where we're going to put A, B, C, B, B, and C. Uh, which one of these guys do you think has the biggest upside? Um, I, I think I've kind of gave this away with what I've said in some of the previous episodes leading up in the mocks and stuff. But I, I, I personally just Jerry Judy. I can't really uh, <laughs> pick pick over him just because I. I don't know. I'm just so enamored with him. Um, so I'll say Judy. I, I was going to possibly say Ruggs. It's between those two. I, I think CeeDee Lamb's still going to have a great career, but I could see him not being kind of on that top upper tier, potentially watch that completely backfire. But I think Jerry Judy is the, out of the three, the one guy I would pick if I had to without any, you know, considering where they're going to end up, which will probably obviously <laughs> end up uh, having a, pretty big role in how those guys' careers all play out. Yeah, it's hard to figure out because you don't know where they're going to wind up. I would probably go with Judy, too, even though I picked Ruggs at 10 ahead of Judy at 11. Um, I just thought for the Niners, maybe it was one where, talk about fit and all that stuff, he may make more sense. But, yeah, I think Jerry Judy uh, is the safest pick uh, for sure. And that uh, that three, too, you know, I mean, they're, they're all really good. So we, there could be someone outside of that top three. Uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, T. Higgins, guys like that that could – uh, potentially, you know, have have a, a reason to be in that argument too. All right, Dylan, a couple more here. Um, <laughs> who is going to be the biggest winner of the first round of the draft? Who's the team we're talking oh, about the most positive manner on Friday? Wow, that I mean, that's tough. It's it's easy for me to look at the teams with the with the top. Uh, with multiple first round picks so <laughs> quickly i'd think of like the raiders or dolphins the yeah. raiders had a really good first round last year in my opinion and i wouldn't be surprised if they uh you know fulfill a couple more needs here with a corner and a receiver and we could be talking about them um i'm not gonna say the dolphins just because i'm, I'm concerned about <laughs> these like if, if they if they get to a if they if they tr- don't trade back they sit at five get to a and then address a couple more needs by keeping all of their all of their uh, first round picks uh, they do fall into that line, but otherwise, the, the one intriguing one for me would be the Chargers. If they just sit there at six and get to a, I could consider them a winner that some teams or people will be talking about in that in that breath. Uh, that that I, those are probably the only ones that I can think of quickly, unless the Patriots do something insane to get one of those top two guys. Uh, it's always going to be. I think we're still. I think teams will be, you know, commended for. just the general how uh, how it works in our in the media cycle usually it's not the team that picks uh, an offense the best offensive tackle that gets the, the most rave reviews it's the team that lands the quarterback without giving up too much value so maybe maybe instead of a team we should just say wherever Tua ends up there you go that's not a bad idea um i'll go with the easy one and say the Bengals. <laughs> i mean look they're, they're getting yeah. the top player so um, you know, it's 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 something they need, but that's that's too easy. Like we haven't so. even talked about Joe Burrow this whole right? too much, other than our it's, first uh, our first mock draft. <laughs> poor Joe Burrow and Chase Young, like they're they're going to be the top two picks, and we barely talked about them for weeks uh, because it's just so obvious. Probably, we know, yeah, you know, we know where they're going. Um, so yeah, aside from the obvious with the Bengals, I, I probably would take the Dolphins because I I tend to think the Dolphins are. are I don't know. Like I, I, I'm holding out hope because they had such a big turnaround last season, 
that they're starting to get things right and they're starting yeah. to, you know, show that they're moving forward. And, 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 you know, even if they don't hold all three of these first round picks, which I don't, I mean, if I'm them and, and I get who I want, I'd hold all three of them. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they're probably one we're going to be talking about, uh, as one of the biggest winners, uh, heading into, you know, the second round. Uh, all right. On the flip side of that, the team you think, and we, look, we could pick the Dolphins here too, right? Um, the team you think that just could royally um, just botch this whole thing here, uh, and we're talking about them and saying, what on earth were they doing? Uh, which team has the best chance of that uh, falling mm-hmm. into that category in the first round? I mean, if the Bengals somehow don't take Joe Burrow, <laughs> that, would there be any other any other team we could eh, pick? But true. I think that's not going to be the case. I think they're going to take Joe, so... Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the Dolphins could be if they don't, if they trade up and take a tackle like the last rumor we saw and, uh, yeah. d- you know, don't get one of these quarterbacks. And then later we find out that they could have had, you know, one of the, the better offensive tackles, maybe if they just traded up from 18 to like the mid teens, like maybe that could have been the way to do it. So that's one I could think of. Maybe the Giants, if they just take some, if they take an offensive tackle that's not even uh, on the, on the top like board, I mean, I wouldn't put it past. Dave Gettleman at this point. Um, otherwise, maybe a team that takes a running back way too early. But even I, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think more likely it's going to be about either the Giants doing something weird or the Dolphins uh, possibly missing on one of these QBs. I don't think the Chargers are going to. I think the Chargers are pretty. It's I could be wrong, but I think they're going to take one of the two. I don't think I don't know if it, which one it's going to be, but I think the Chargers are still going to take Herbert if he's there. Um, so in terms of losers, it's, it's just, yeah, it's tough. Otherwise, I don't know how much you can really blame some of the other teams for not like the, like the Cowboys, if they, everyone hates their 17th pick. It's like, well, I mean, there's only so much they could have done yeah. at that spot. Some of the guys might be gone by then. They didn't have enough assets to move up. Yeah. So you, you could see teams that are popular teams being criticized, but maybe a little bit unfairly. Yeah. That's why it's hard to pick a team further down because you don't know exactly what the board's going to look like in front of them. Um, but I, I think I would put the lions in that mix too, because, <laughs> and then, you know, it's funny, we're talking about these three teams specifically, cause this is basically where the draft starts as we've said so many times. Uh, but I think if you're the lions, I mean, we know how they have to be getting call after call after call right now. Um, you know, from some of these teams we've talked about, and I think if you're the lions, I think you have to move down. Like, I think you have to find a way to find a deal that gets you something else in return and maybe move down a couple spots. Because I still think, you know, you could get your guy several spots down maybe. if you're Because here's the thing, too. The Lions have so many needs. That's the one thing we've talked about is they have mm-hmm. so many areas that they have to get better. And if they're not going to, you know, make a splash and, and let's say take a quarterback, um, you know, we mentioned kind of where we have them, but – I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think that even if you're the Lions and you move down, like, you know, even C.J. Henderson, like, what would be – like, if you got him, I don't think that's just a huge situation yeah. where if you move down and get him at seven or eight or nine or whatever, um, you know, if you can pick up something in return and add a little bit, add more picks, whatever – I think the Lions need to move out of the number three spot unless they yeah. are just completely sold on someone there at three, and we th- we don't think they're taking an offensive tackle. We know everyone either wants an offensive tackle, a wide receiver, or one of these two quarterbacks. If I'm the Lions, I am trying to accumulate as many good possible picks as I can um, to maybe move down because I still think they're going to have a lot of situations where they can pick up a guy that's going to help them no matter what. 
Yeah, I think I think in our mock draft, the Lions would be considered, at least for, from my point of view, a winner. Maybe not like the one that people would talk about the yeah. same way as the teams getting these quarterbacks. But if they were able to move down a couple spots as we had them, get Akuda, pick up another in this in our scenario, they got another Dolphins first round pick and took Josh Jones. So I, I think in that sense, yeah, they have to move down, like you're saying. And I think. <laughs> They're going to address their offensive line most likely at some point in the draft. They could also take – I mean, like you said, there's so many needs they have. So we, we've been talking how much corner is one that yeah. we feel like they're going to definitely address. They also have the 35th overall pick. So, I mean, they, right after the first round ends, there's a lot of guys that could still get in that spot. In our case, uh, maybe a Jordan Elliott to, to solidify the defensive line a bit. There's a lot of guys that will still be available. So maybe that wouldn't be the whole first round – Sometimes I consider like, you know, the first few picks in the second round are no different than really the last few yeah. picks of the first round. So given they have that, if they can acquire another first round pick in one of these trades or a future first round or something like that, even that would be a win in my point of view. I think they need to really get some more value out of that spot. And at this point, I don't know if teams are trying to, to scare them into <laughs> taking a deal that's probably less than what they really can get because they know the Lions don't really need to stay there. So. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for Detroit. Yep, we'll see. Those are the teams we're talking about the most, uh, and it's just, man, it's going to be wild. Uh, the thing is, uh, we know that uh, everybody's going to be watching because uh, everyone's at home, and so uh, it's going to be insane to see how this uh, first round plays out uh, in the NFL draft. But, Dylan, speaking of the NFL draft, uh, we've got a ton of stuff going up over Clutch Points. We'll have a ton of stuff going up uh, as the draft is going on throughout the weekend. Uh, let everybody know where they can find all of that. Yeah, you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section there. All of our NFL content is available. Um, you can search NFL draft for all the draft related content. We're going to have one last from one of our writers, uh, another first round mock. So we're going to have our, our podcast mocks. You can get the, <laughs> our editorial mock, put it all together. We'll also have t- tomorrow. Yeah. Considerable draft coverage uh, breakdowns and every, or most of the top first round picks, a, a running article, which will send out a notification to all of our subscribers for that will kind of do kind of quick instant analysis of every pick. We'll be writing in there, so lots of stuff to follow on there. In the in the and if you follow in the Clutch Points app, you can get all that as well under the NFL section. Yep, be sure to check all that out. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app you use, and uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Pass Podcast. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone.